you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. We're so thankful to see what God is doing. Brother Winters, it's always an honor to have you, sir. I would tell you to come preach, but I think you're going to come do that anyway. We want you to feel your liberty. Open your heart with us. CLC, would you give him a great big welcome? As evangelist Mark Winters comes to minister to us. We love you, my brother. Let's give that to the Lord right now, shall we? Hallelujah. Unto him was and is and is to come. Lord God Almighty, we give you praise and honor and glory. None like you, none beside you, none before you, none after you. You're the mighty God, the incomparable God. We give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. So appreciate what I feel in the house and what God is doing, what he has already done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do. Amen. We give him praise and honor and glory for that. What an honor it is to be here always. A highlight and honor to be at CLC to worship God with you, to Brother and Sister Jordan and their family uh, for their friendship and kindness, and um, all the great staff here, Brother Danny, Sister Cheryl Lytle, the this entire staff. Amen. Everything uh, you do is just awesome, and I appreciate you, appreciate you, this church so very, very much. So thankful to have such wonderful and awesome friends. Nothing like being a part of the church. Thank God for the church. Amen. If you trace, if you were to go home tonight and count all of your blessings and write them down, you would find that they all begin in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are blessed people today. So if you have your Bible tonight, I'm going to the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22 and reading three or four verses of scripture beginning with verse number four. How many of you will help me preach for a few moments tonight? Genesis 22 and 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said to his young men, abide ye here with the donkey, I and the lad will go yonder. It says, he said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went up, both of them, together. I'm going to go down to verse 19. I'll fill in the blanks in just a few moments. Verse 19, so Abraham returned. Someone say, he returned. Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt 
at Beersheba or the well of covenant. Amen. I'm going to wait just a few minutes tonight before I give you the title to the message. But I want us to lift our hands and our voices. Amen. In our faith and expectation, I believe the Lord is going to bring deliverance in somebody's life tonight and victory and triumph. Amen. Would you just lift your voice in expectation? Amen. God, I thank you for your presence, your power, your people who have gathered in this building to worship and to honor you. God, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would continue to flow and operate. Let the anointing destroy every yoke. Let it break every fetter and every chain. Let your divine purpose and your will be done in this house. Let your name be glorified and your kingdom advanced. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to it? Amen. Now, would you add your voice with that and give God some praise? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments. We call him the friend of God. The Bible refers to him as Abram and later Abraham. He is the husband to Sarah, the son to Terah, who, according to Jewish history, tells us that his father was an idol merchant. Therefore, it's no surprise that God would come to a 75-year-old Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and ask him to leave his personal comforts, to leave his uh, familiar surroundings, and to pursue God's purpose and God's promise. He said, I want you to get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Your name's going to be great, and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you, and through you shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. He makes this covenant, this promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, but in chapter 13 and chapter 15, he begins to reveal to Abraham just how great and how innumerable his descendants would be. He said in chapter 13, I'm going to make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. In chapter 15, Abraham said, the Lord brought me forth and said, look toward the heaven and tell the stars or count the stars. If you're able to number them, he said, so shall thy seed be. I know God chose those two elements, the sand and the stars or Abraham's inability or any man's inability to number the grains of sand and the stars in the sky. But I also would like to think that God chose those two elements for another reason. If Abraham is having a bad day and his faith is weak and he's a little bit discouraged and his face is turned toward the ground, he looks down and sees the grains of sand and is reminded, I have a promise from God. On the days when his faith is strong and his spirit is lifted and his eyes are up, he looks up and sees the stars and is reminded, I have a promise from God. On the good days and the bad days, when my faith is weak and when my faith is strong, Abraham, God is telling you, I've got this. I'm going to keep my word to you. Amen. I'm going to keep my promise to you. 
But Abraham and Sarah became concerned because they're growing old and there are no children. And so in haste to speed up the process and help God out, they offer unto, Sarah offers her maidservant Hagar unto Abraham as a wife. And she bare unto him a son Ishmael, who is the ancestor progenitor of the Arab nations. And that one decision still affects our world even as I speak right now. And finally God visits Abraham and Sarah. And announces unto them that you are going to have a son. Imagine that Facebook status update. He's 100 and she's 90, just just young people. Amen. Imagine that Facebook status looking for a good nursing home next to a good school. Can you help us out? Amen. 25 years after the time that God gives that promise, this promised child is born. Isaac is born into their home. And it's noted by commentators that Abraham's faith was tested some 10 times. Once when God asked him to leave his family and another in the passage that we read just a moment ago. Because now God comes to Abraham in the 22nd chapter and says, Now, Abraham, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. Get to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering upon the mountains that I will tell you. And it appears without hesitation or question that Abraham willingly amen, obeys God. There seems to be no delay. There is no debate. There is no deliberation. He gets up early in the morning, saddles the donkey, gets the servants and Isaac, and they begin to make their way to the place that God is calling him to. And after a three-day journey, it's interesting to me that that Abraham's willing to give up God's promises in order to please God. Amen. He's willing to slay his future for his faith in God. And after a three-day journey, he sees the place where this act of worship would occur. And though it's noted uh, numerous times, I think it merits repeating, he never called it sacrifice. Uh, he said, we're going there to worship. And just before they ascend the mountain, uh, Abraham looks at his servants uh, and he gives them clear instruction and prophetic utterance. He said, you stay here with the donkey. The lad and I are going yonder to worship and we will come again to you. While it's obvious it's not the first time that Abraham has ever sacrificed to God, it's the first time the word worship is used in the Bible. I don't think it's coincidental that the first time it's used, amen, worship is asking man to give everything that he has, to give God everything, because you can't truly worship God with your focus and your mind on something else or somewhere else and holding back apart. God's saying, I want you to give me your best. I want I want you to give me the thing that you love. I want you to give it all to me. So with wood and knife and fire in his hand, they ascend. Mariah and Isaac asked the question, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. It's interesting to note it's the first and second time that the word lamb is used. The need was the lamb. Where is the lamb? The answer was a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb because Isaac had been involved in worship enough to know what worship looked like and he knew something is missing here. He had seen dad worship enough to know we're missing a part of our service here. Amen. Parents, uh, we should be such leaders in worship that our children know what worship looks like. 
that they know when it's right and when it's not right. Oh, God help me. Amen. They shouldn't have to learn how to worship from somebody across the aisle or in another part of the church. The greatest compliment your children can pay to you is I learned how to dance from my daddy. I learned how to worship from my mama. They taught me how to worship God. They taught me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Isaac knew we can't do this. We can't worship without the Lamb. Oh, the choir can sing and the musician can play, but it's not worship unless it's to the Lamb. Without the Lamb, our worship is meaningless. I wish I could get some parents right now to just help me worship God. Oh, we come to magnify him. We've come to lift him up, to exalt his name. So Isaac builds, Abraham builds the altar, puts Isaac upon the altar. We know the story well. He stretched his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord said, do not lay your hand upon your child because now I know that you fear God. You would not withhold your only son. And the Bible said that Abraham lifted up his eyes and beheld a ram was caught in the thicket and he offered it in the place of his son. So in verse 17 and 18, God reaffirms the promise that he gave to Abraham. And then in verse 19, Abraham's prophetic word that he spoke to those servants at the foot of the mountain is suddenly fulfilled because he said, you stay here with a donkey. The lad and I are going to worship and we will come again. And 19 says, and Abraham returned unto his young men. You see, in the act of worship, provision was made. In the act of worship, promises were reaffirmed. But when Abraham and Isaac returned to the foot of that mountain, they revealed to you and I a principle that can change and alter our life, a principle that I will use tonight for a title for the next few moments, and that is this. Your worship will always bring you back. Your worship will always bring bring you back. He said, we're going there to worship, but we're coming back from this worship. There is a place called yonder where many go, but few return. It's a place where your faith is tested and your faith is tried. It's not a place where God sends you to destroy you. It's a place that he sends you to make you a worshiper. It's a place that you come back with a testimony. The Bible said that God tempted Abraham and he passed the test because he worshiped the Lord in the test. And his worship brought him back. Job say, Lord, all these things work with God in a man to bring his soul from the pit. Amen. If you have been in the testing place, if you have been in that place of sacrifice, if you have been in that place where you felt like my promises are dying right in front of my eyes, that place called yonder, amen, and you're wondering, am I going to survive this? It's time for you to offer unto God a sacrifice of worship. Hear me right now. Your worship is going to bring you back from this. Your worship is going to bring you through this. I feel such a release of the power of God right now. 
Somebody that's been tried and somebody that's been tested ought to give God a Psalm 34.1 that says, I will bless the Lord at all. Do not make seasonal what God meant to be continual. I will bless him at all times. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I feel a victory and a breakthrough and a comeback. And it's going to happen tonight through your worship as you begin to praise him. That, my God, there is going to be a breakthrough in your spirit. I feel a comeback in the Holy Ghost. Can we just worship him right now? Can we just praise him? Oh, brother, well, you know, I'm not trying to work you up. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is victory and breakthrough for somebody in this building right now. He was put on trial for the sincerity of his faith. And then one day, Job lost it all. His sons and daughters, a place he had never been before. Amen. Losing his wealth, his social status. His wife said, curse God and die. But when you're going through the trial, amen, you cannot let your enemy do your thinking for you. And the Bible said that he arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and began to worship God. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name. He said, that's how I came. That's how I leave. I'm just going to keep praising him. And when God turned the captivity of Job, he gave back to him twice as much as he lost because worship will bring you back with more than hell could take from you. People may not understand why you respond the way you do and you worship the way you do. Amen. But they haven't been where you've been and gone through what you. Go ahead and praise them. You got every right to praise your way back. Amen. When your test and your trial and your adversity tries to pull you out and pull you down, you ought to just lift your voice and begin to praise him and magnify. Somebody's going to get that breakthrough right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, she came and broke the alabaster box. And they said, why this waste of ointment? I love Jesus' response. Leave her alone because she has done what she could. And some judged her for a worship. They thought, this is too costly. And they called it a waste. But while they're murmuring, she's a ministering. You got a choice right now. Amen. You can murmur or you can minister. Hallelujah. But I'm a reserve worshiper. You better be, oh God, be careful that your reservation doesn't turn to rigor mortis. Amen. You got to move. You got to respond. It's not true worship until it costs you, until you have worship when the sickness is raging and the storm's blowing and the tragedy comes and the trial and the faith, amen, has been tested. May God say of you and I what he said of Mary Magdalene. They did what they could. Maybe I can't 
see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm going to do what I can. I can worship God. Maybe I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to worship the Lord right now. Maybe I don't have two pennies to rub together, amen, but I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to use my last breath and strength, lifting up that name, glorifying it's interesting that on the first Easter morning, it was the it was Mary that was the first one back to the empty tomb. It was a returning worshiper that witnessed the miracle of an empty tomb because worshipers are always witnessing the miraculous. You need a miracle, worship him. You need a breakthrough, worship him. You need a victory, worship him. You need a... Healing, worship the Lord. It's not coincidental that the same people you see on their feet worshiping and shouting are also the same ones who are the first to jump up and testify about how God made a way and how God provided. Because you activate the power of God when you praise I can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Your companion can't do it. There's got to be some praise that comes out of your mouth if you want to break through right now. Yeah, sir, you ought to take your wife by the hand and just lift it up and start worshiping God. That thing you're going through and the thing you've been through, God's going to bring you through it. You're coming back from it, but it's going to happen through your worship. Hell's tried to take you out. Hell tried to take the life out of you. Amen, but there's still power in you to praise the Lord. Something's happening in the Holy Ghost. Something's moving in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, they said. Jesus told those ten men, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, stopped and turned around and began to worship the Lord. Because he comes to the conclusion the priest can wait, but my praise can't. I'm going to worship God for what I have just received right now. Hallelujah. Sometimes we are waiting on perfection before we release our praise. Don't wait on perfection. Don't wait on the situation to get perfect. Just praise him that you're making progress. Somebody ought to praise him that this week you're a few steps further along than you were last week. Maybe it hasn't done a complete work, but you ought to praise God that you're making progress. 
What brought him back was not his ability. He's still limping and leaving. Hallelujah. But when he began to worship, when he began to magnify him, he was made whole. Maybe you've been sick and tried and tested, bound by sin. Amen. You just need to lift your voice and return to worship. You're about to have a comeback, and you're coming back with more. You might be limping right now, but God's about to turn your limping into leaping. This sickness is going to be healed. This test will be passed. This attack will subside. This battle will be won. He turned and worshiped. Hear me, your praise point is going to be your turning point. You want it to turn? Start praising God right now. You want that situation to reverse? Start praising God right now. Somebody right now that needs a turning in your situation needs to lift your voice and begin to worship God. Your praise point is going to be your turning point. There is going to be a turn that happens while you're worshiping right now. Come on, it's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen. There's going to be a turning, a shifting in your situation. Praise him like you wanted to turn around. Praise him like you needed to turn around. But the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit. It's the moment where some must worship right now. Somebody must worship the Lord. I'm not saying that you should. I'm telling you if you want to come out and come back, you must worship with everything that you got. It's the only thing you got left to do. Fretting won't work. Doubting won't work. Quitting won't work. Walking away won't. The only thing that's going to work is when praise starts proceeding out of your mouth. Worship is going to bring you back. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I know you've been going through a lot. Amen. I commend you for showing up right now. I commend you for showing up tonight. Many times the Lord did not even ask Israel to show up and fight. He said, just show up and worship me. All I want you to do is be faithful and praise me. Just be faithful and praise me. Just show up. You don't have to draw a sword. Amen. When you're under attack, amen, don't stay away from church. Don't quit church. Show up. Show up for prayer meetings. Show up for Bible studies. Show up for choir practice. Show up for youth service. Show up for Bible study. Amen. Just because you'll win more battles by being faithful than you will by fighting. Because when you are faithful, God fights for you. And you will always be victorious.
I'm preaching to somebody. Do you let things take your eyes off of God and slipped away from God and slipped away from prayer and slipped away from truth? Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. He'd like to wear you out. He'd like to pull you out. But hear me, if you could get one hand back in the air and a couple of hallelujahs to come out of your mouth. The power of the Holy Ghost that has been in this building is going to break the chain and break the fetter. There is restoration. Uh, Come on, there's restoration in this house right now. I feel it in my spirit. There's restoration. Hallelujah. David said, I'm going to worship toward your holy temple. You ought to worship in the direction of where you want to be right now. You ought to worship in the direction of your healing and the direction of your breakthrough and the direction of your revival and the direction, amen, of your combat. Go ahead and praise him, amen, like you're already there. That's it. Go ahead and praise him. Like it's like I'm going there. I'm headed there. It's happening. God's done it. You just you may have to do it in faith. But if you'll praise him, there's gonna be a breakthrough right now. It's not coincidental you're here. The devil just assumed you'd never come back. Stay home, become bitter, but he forgot one thing. He may have taken your car, your home, your job, but he could not take your breath. And as long as you have breath, you can worship and you can worship your way back. Hallelujah. You ought to get up just to disappoint the devil right I said you ought to get up and rejoice just to disappoint the devil tonight. This is not what he expected out of you. This is not where he thought you'd be right now. You see, in Psalm 89, the Lord was talking about he how he had anointed and strengthened David. But then the Lord said something very interesting in Psalm 89, 22. He said of David, the enemy shall not exact upon him. It means the enemy shall not outwit him. Because you are anointed of God and empowered by God. The enemy cannot outwit you. But you can outwit the enemy. You have been through the trial and the test and the devil thought you would fail but you outwitted him. Get up and rejoice your way back. You've been in the fire and swam through the flood and the devil thought you'd become angry and bitter but you outwitted him get up 
and rejoice. You have fought battles and carried burdens, and the devil thought you'd wave the flag of surrender. But get up and rejoice. Worship your way back because the blood is still on you. Victory is still on you. Anointing is still upon you. You need to tell the devil, down is not my destiny. I'm getting up. I'm coming back. Victory belongs to me right now. Lift your voice and praise the Lord right I need a worshiper and a prayer warrior to help me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost operating in this building. For the one who's been away from God, the one whose trial or test has pulled you away, it's time for you to lift your voice and worship. You're one hallelujah away from a combat. You're one thank you, Jesus, away from a victory. The one thing the devil doesn't want you to do is the one thing you ought to do right now. Worship. Worship. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming back from this. Come on, when you can't do anything else, you can shout. When you can't do anything else, you can jump. When you can't do anything else, you can... I don't have an answer, but I got a praise. I don't have a job, but I got a praise. I don't have a clue, but I still got a praise, and I got to get it out. Come on, there's anointing in this place right now as you begin to praise him. Those of you that have been in the trial need to lift your voice and begin to worship God. Those of you that do not have the Holy Ghost, if you lift your voice and begin to worship God. I feel the ground shaking underneath my feet right now. I feel something breaking in the Holy Ghost. Ah, ah, hallelujah. There's victory in this house right now. There's a breakthrough in the house right now. You might want to tell your neighbor, give me some room. Step back. I'm getting ready to worship. I'm getting ready to praise. I'm getting ready to dance. I don't have time to be cute. I'm dancing for my life. I'm praising for my ministry. I'm worshiping for my family. I'm worshiping for a breakthrough in my life right now. Come on, there's that breakthrough. There's anointing being loosed right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is working. The Holy Ghost is working. Their chains being broken. And deliverance happening right now. You're coming back. You're coming out. 
Come on, we can't stop here. There's something happening in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, they're going to play and sing. Amen, but I, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. Sir, you need to take your wife by the hand. You've been through some stuff. Amen, you need to take your wife by the hand right now and worship God together. There is something that's going to happen when you two begin to worship God. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's going to be a breakthrough in your family. You're going to make a comeback from this situation that tried to take you out and tried to pull you out and tried to steal your joy. But your worship is going to bring you back. Your worship, come on, there's deliverance. 